use you. God wants to use you, but He can't effectively use us until we're cleansed of our sin and until we're filled with the Spirit. The trouble with most Christians is they got big butts. They make too many excuses. They constantly make excuses why they can't supposedly overcome sin or submit to the Spirit of God. Therefore, God is reluctant to use them for anything of eternal value. Have you heard it said that an excuse is the shell of truth stuffed with a lie? The shell of truth stuffed with a lie. But here's the real reason they're attempting to serve two masters. I say it's time to shrink the butts. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24, the Lord Jesus said, No one, say no one, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he would be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Jesus said you can't serve God and mammon. You can't serve God and the world. You can't serve God and self. You can't serve God and your own desires. In other words, you can't straddle the fence serving God one day and then making excuses why you can't on the next. Jesus said you can't do it. You'll either do one or the other. So how? How do we shrink the butts so that we can be the servants that please God? The first thing we need to ask is we need to ask God to cleanse me. Ask God to cleanse me. Friends, we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all have baggage. And for some of us, even our baggage has baggage. Amen? Uh-huh. That's me. The bottom line is, is that we're all guilty. We're all guilty in the eyes of God, and we are without excuse. We don't have an excuse. Listen to what the Word of God says in Romans chapter 1, beginning in verse 20. For since the creation of the world, His, God's invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. He continues on in verse 24. Therefore God gave them up to their own uncleanness. uncleanliness. Verse 26. For this vile reason, God gave them up to their own vile passions. Verse 28. And even as they did not retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind. He gave them over. I'm so glad that God has not dealt with me like my sins deserve. Amen? We talked about this this morning in Sunday school. And we talked about this promise. This promise to believers. And the promise to believers is found in Psalm 103 in verse 10. Listen carefully. He, God, has not dealt with us as believers according to our sins, 
nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east, it, the east is from the west, the east is from the west. Amen. So far he has removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame, and he remembers that we are dust. While God will not deal with the believer according to their sins, that does not change the fact that God won't use me if I'm living a sinful lifestyle. Brothers and sisters, if you want to please God, if you want to be used by God, the first step is you've got to be cleansed from sin. But we all know that overcoming sin is not that easy, huh? So let me share with you just a few points that will give you the lowdown on how we can be cleansed from sin and therefore shrink the butts and be effective in God's service. The first thing that you need to know is that we need to know the person of cleansing. There's only one. You need to know him. In Matthew chapter 8, in verse 1, when he, Jesus, had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him, and behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I'm willing. Be cleansed. And immediately, say immediately, immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. Friends, we need to know the person of cleansing. We, uh, did you know that we're all infected with disease? Every one of us. Some disease has not been diagnosed yet. But we're all infected with disease, at least one, and that is the disease of sin. Every single person has it. And hopefully, we all want to be cleansed of that sin. One thing is for sure. Jesus is able and very willing to cleanse anyone of their sins. Now, friends, I would die for my new wife and kids. But you know something? I wouldn't die for Al Capone. I wouldn't die for uh, Charles Manson. I wouldn't die for Adolf Hitler. But Jesus did. That's right. Jesus did. And if Jesus died for them, then Jesus also died for the drunkards, the addicts, the liars, the thieves, and any of those with sin in their past. Why, do you know he even died for you? My goodness, even me? That's right, even me. I read about a 90-year-old man who was asked by his pastor, Do you love Jesus? And his face lit up with a, a smile that 67 years of faithful service had imparted. And grasping that preacher's hand with both of his, he said, Oh, yes, I do. But let me tell you something better. Jesus loves me. Friend, Jesus loves you more than words could possibly say, more than any preacher could possibly preach. Oh, Jesus loves you. No matter how much you may love him, Jesus loves you more. My mama used to always say that, I love you more. So now, mama, I love you more. Now, I love you more. Well, you can go on saying that back and forth with Jesus, but you know who's going to win? The Lord. He loves you more. He loves all people. 
so much that He would go to the cross so that we could be forgiven and, yes, cleansed. Cleansed from our sins. He is the person of cleansing. He is the only person who can cleanse us from our sins. So how can we shrink the butts? Know the person of cleansing and be used for God's service. But not only do we need to know the person of cleansing, but we also need to understand the process of cleansing. How do we remove that stain of sin from our lives? Now, it's not as easy as some people think, but it's not as hard as other people think. So how can we be cleansed of our sin every day for the Lord? Well, at first, you know that we are cleansed from our sins when we confess the Lord Jesus as our Savior and surrender to Him in faith and obedience. That's the first step. But Acts 2.38 says a little bit more about the process of cleansing. Here's what Acts 2.38 says. We must then repent of our sins, turn to God, and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to show, say show, to show that you have received forgiveness for your sins. That means we've got to turn from our sin. We've got to turn away from selfishness. Turn away from rebellion against God. Turn to Christ. Depending upon Him and Him alone for forgiveness. And then identify with Him. How many of you know that Jesus Christ was baptized? Amen? Identify with Him. He did it. You can do it. Amen? Identify with Christ and all the other believers. How many people here have been baptized before? Amen. Ain't nothing that nobody else has done. Everybody else has done it. Why can't you do it? Identifying with Christ and with other believers. And then you know what? Why don't you live like a forgiven person? Live like the grace of God has been applied to your life. Live like you've been forgiven of your sins. Live a life of gratitude. Live like a forgiven person. Now, what if we sin after we confess Christ, repent, and are baptized? What happens then? Well, you know the scriptures. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And what? Say it loud. Cleanse. Cleanse us of our sin and all unrighteousness. That's right. We can be cleansed. Fortunately for us as believers, whenever we recognize that we've sinned, we don't have to be baptized again and again and again and again. Can you imagine what Sunday would be? Sunday would be a gigantic pool party because every single one of us would have to get baptized every single Sunday if we had to do that. My, my. Because we all sin, the Lord has made the process rather simple for us. We bow our heads wherever you are. Now, if you're driving, do like this. <laughs> do it sideways. But wherever we are, we can confess our sin and ask Jesus, ask the Lord for forgiveness. Isn't it nice to know that anywhere, anytime, you can ask God and He will hear and He will answer and He will forgive of sin. Lord Jesus I long to be perfectly whole. I want thee forever to live in my soul. Break down every idol. Cast down every foe. Now wash me. Cleanse me. And I shall be made white as snow. Wow. 
You want to shrink the butts this year? Ask God to cleanse you. Know the person of cleansing the Lord Jesus Christ. And understand the process of cleansing. Whereby you can turn away from sin and walk in a life of obedience. But there's more. There's more you can do to shrink the butts. You can also ask God to fill me. How many of you know that all people are filled with something? Amen? Uh Uh-huh. Everybody's filled with something. Some people are full of themselves. I know what you were thinking. Some people are filled with lust. Some people are filled with an overwhelming desire to fish, hunt, or play golf. Some people are filled with knowledge. Others are filled with a hunger for riches. But Romans 1.28 gives us a really good picture of some things that a lot of people are filled with. Listen carefully. And even as they did not retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. Being filled, say filled. These people are filled with it, okay? Being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, filled with wickedness, filled with covetousness, filled with maliciousness, full, say full, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, Filled with evil-mindedness, they are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, and disobedient to parents. Whew. How many of you young people are filled with disobedience for your parents? Titus, are you filled with that? He was coloring, I, know, I saw him. Amen? Yeah, he probably is, but I'm not going to go there. Amen. Some people are filled with all manner of wickedness. Bottom line is this. When people aren't filled with God, they're going to be filled with something. Amen. They're going to be filled with something else. Just watch the news. It won't take you long to discover that people are filled with all kinds of wickedness. Jerry Sandusky, assistant coach at Penn State, Received the Assistant Coach of the Year Award in 1986-1999. Then in November 2011, he was arrested and charged with 52 counts of abuse on young boys over a 15-year period. Now if that's true, is that evil or what? Filled with all kinds of wickedness. Mothers missing, children missing, abused, murdered, on and on it goes. Some people are filled with every kind of wickedness. But the opposite of being filled with all kinds of wickedness is being filled with the Spirit of God who produces nothing but good in our lives. You can do that. You have that choice. In fact, Ephesians 5.18 teaches us not to be drunk on wine because that will lead to ruin in your life. Instead, let the Holy Spirit fill you and control you. Let the Holy Spirit fill you and control you. Philippians 2.13 goes on to say, For God is working in you through the Holy Spirit. God is working in you to give you the desire to obey and the power to do what He wants you to do. He's giving you the desire and the power to do what He wants you to do. He's at work in us through His Holy Spirit. But when, when 
does God's Holy Spirit come to live in us? And how can we be filled with the Holy Spirit of God? Remember back in Acts 2.38, I read, the Bible said, Repent, turn to God, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. But then the rest of that verse goes on to say this, And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You will receive the gift of God in you. You'll receive that gift. Now that's all fine and good. I'm happy about that. I'm happy that when I received Jesus Christ into my life and I repented of my sins and I turned to God and I followed through identifying with Him in believer's baptism that the Holy Spirit came to live in me. But I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied just knowing that God is in me. I want to be filled with Him. I want to be filled to overflowing where I can be used by God to have an impact on other people's lives. I want His Spirit to so overflow out of me that I get some on you. Amen? To be filled to overflowing. Don't get drunk on wine which leads to ruin. Instead be filled, the Bible says, with the Spirit of God. How can we know when we're filled with God's Spirit? Well, I'm going to give you three ways. Three certain ways that you'll know that you're filled with the Spirit of God. One, being filled with God's Spirit energizes witnessing. Being filled with God's Spirit energizing, energizes witnessing. Acts 4.31 says this, After the prayed, after the disciples prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. But catch this, and they spoke the word of God boldly. That was an evidence that the Spirit of God had filled them. They spoke the word of God boldly. Notice the sequence. Prayer, filled with the Holy Spirit of God, spoke the word of God boldly. How quick are you to share God's word in public? Do you boldly witness and speak up for Jesus Christ now and then? If not, why not? Could it be you're not filled with the Spirit of God? Being filled with the Spirit of God will energize us to, to live for and also to speak out for Jesus Christ. Here's a second reason or second way that you'll know that you're filled with the Spirit of God. Being filled with God's Spirit produces joy. Anybody here want a little joy? Come on. Amen. I want some joy. Well, I just told you how to do it. Be filled with God's Spirit. We're often motivated to do things that we see other people doing. If it looks like fun or if it looks like it's interesting, then I may want to give it a try. Amen? If someone watched your behavior, if someone watched your attitude, if they watched your zest for life, would they be more or less inclined to be interested in Christianity? If they saw you depressed, worried, upset all the time, would they think, man, I need to look into this relationship with Jesus. That looks pretty good. Of course not. On the other hand, 
if in the midst of trials, people saw the joy of the Lord radiating from your life, might they be interested to see if they might can have a relationship with God through Christ Jesus? Might they be interested in knowing how that's possible? To have joy even in the midst of a trial? Might they be interested in that? Why, of course they would. You see, imitation is artificial. It's all on the outside. Anyone can fake joy. Amen? You can put that smile on your face and you can fake it. But it doesn't last. It's not real and it doesn't last. But the Holy Spirit of God produces joy within. It produces joy from within. And there ain't nothing artificial about the Holy Spirit. He's the real deal. And you'll have real joy, real and lasting joy if you're filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Acts 13, 52, the Bible says that the disciples were filled. Say filled. They were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Filled. Filled to overflowing. Their joy was getting all over everybody else. Filled with joy in the Holy Spirit. Filled with joy. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want to be filled with joy? Wouldn't it be great to possess and to project a spirit of joy at all times? Whew. Man, it would. It can be if you're filled with the Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit energizes our witness and it produces joy. But we need to know that we have to learn to surrender and submit to God. And He will produce that joy as we walk daily with Him. Moment by moment, if it need be. Walk moment by moment, surrender to the Lord our God. And you'll have that joy. You'll experience that joy that only He can bring. But not only uh, does being filled with God's Spirit energize our witnessing and produce joy, but it also induces worship. It induces worship. Who can tell me what worship is? Shout it out. Well, don't nobody know. We might as well just close the doors and head on to the house. Tell me what worship is. Praising God. What else? Adoring God. Amen. What else? I'm waiting. Loving God. What else? Obeying God. What else? Come on. Coming together. Amen. What else? Say again. Reverence, reverencing God. Amen. Honoring Him. All those things are what worship is. It's the adoration and reverence for somebody who deserves it. Amen. And there ain't but one in your life that deserves it. The Lord God Almighty. He alone deserves worship. He alone deserves adoration. He alone deserves praise. He alone deserves reverence. He alone deserves all your love. He's the one who gives you life. He's the one who gives you breath, who gives you every good and perfect gift. He's the one who gives you daily provision. He's the one who puts food on your table and a roof over your head. He's the one who gives you money in your bank, gas in your car, and all those luxuries that you enjoy. Amen? He's the one. It all comes from His hand. So why don't we come and 
Let us bow down and worship. Why don't we kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God and we are the people of His pasture and the flock under His care. Come, let us worship God. And I believe that the more we're filled with the Spirit of God, the more we'll worship the Lord. And our worship won't start and stop at church. If you're filled with the Spirit, your worship won't start and stop at church. No, our worship will happen all the time. You'll always love Him. You'll always praise Him. You'll always adore Him. You'll always revere Him. You'll always honor Him. Every chance you get, you'll thank Him. Every chance you get, you'll praise Him. Friend, that's worship. When you do it all the time, that's worship. So you want to shrink the butts this year. Ask God to cleanse you. Know the person of cleansing. Know the process of cleansing. But also, ask God to fill you with His Spirit that you will boldly speak out for Jesus, that you will have joy in your life, and that you will worship God like He and He alone deserves. But finally, to shrink the butts this year, to eliminate those excuses, we must ask God to use me. Ask God to use me. Are you useless or useful in this world? Are you making a difference or are you simply fitting in with this world? Who is it you're serving? And why are you serving him? Obviously, as Christ followers, he is the one we should serve. But why? Why should we serve Him? Well, friends, first, we serve Him because that's what He did. He served the Father. Listen to what He said in Matthew chapter 20, in verse 26. He said, Whoever desires to come become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. For just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life, a ransom for many. That's what Jesus did. Friend, no matter how good a human being is, and there are pr- plenty of good examples out there to follow, the greatest of them all is Jesus. He's the greatest example for us to follow. You'll never go wrong if you'll follow His example. He knew how to live life better than anybody ever will, or anybody ever did. But get this, His life wasn't a life of luxury. Did you hear that? It was a life of service. The one who knew how to live life the greatest didn't live a life of luxury. He lived a life of service. Let us follow his example. But we also serve because it demonstrates love. Somebody tell me what are the two great commandments that the Lord Jesus Christ gave us? Come on. And love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love people. Amen? Is that the short version? Love God, love people. Right? We love people by being a servant. You demonstrate your love for people by being a servant. Someone wrote, a lot of people are like a wheelbarrow. They ain't no good unless they're pushed. Others are like canoes. They ain't no good unless they're paddled. 
Some are like balloons. They're full of wind and ready to blow up. Some are like trailers. They've got to be pulled. But some are like a good watch. Open-faced, quietly busy, and full of good works. I thought that was sweet. So what type of, type of person are you? Are you quick to work? Are you quick to serve? Are you quick to wait on others? Demonstrating your love to them? Or do you have to be pushed? Perhaps you need to be prodded into service. Perhaps you prefer to have others wait on you. What if Jesus would have done that? He would have never died for you. Because that was the ultimate example of service. All Christians should, should serve one another in love. That's what love does. Did you hear that? That's what love does. Love doesn't sit around waiting to be served. Love doesn't sit around waiting for somebody else to do the job. Love serves others. Love serves. It serves because it demonstrates love. We also serve because it pleases God. One last scripture and I'll let you go. Maybe. Romans 14, verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, living in your luxuries. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God. He's pleasing to God and approved by men. What does that mean? Anyone who serves Christ in righteousness, joy, and peace is pleasing to God. Anyone who serves others is pleasing to God. In 1 Peter 4.10, the Bible tells us that each one of us should use whatever gift we've received from God to serve others. That means every one of us has a gift, a God-given gift. Are you using it to serve others? We should all use those gifts. Why? Because that's what Jesus did. Why? Because it demonstrates love. Why? Because it pleases God. You've been given a gift. You've been given a gift. Are you using it for others? So what do you want to do? You want to shrink the butts this year? Let's quit making excuses. Let's ask God to cleanse us cleanse us of our sins let's ask god to fill us with his holy spirit let's ask god to use us for his glory lord cleanse me fill me and use me for your glory amen now it may be that you say well brother bill you were talking to christians that whole time but you know what? Unbelievers have a lot of butts. Unbelievers have big butts, amen? I need to be saved, but I'm not ready. I need to be saved, but I got to break that bad habit first. 
I need to be saved, but I'm a little scared. I need to be saved, but I'm afraid what others will think. It's time to shrink the butt. This invitation is for you. This decision time is for you. To make a decision for the Lord Jesus Christ to place all your hope, all your faith, and all your trust in Him for an abundant life here on earth filled with joy and an eternal life in heaven filled with God. Let's pray. Father, forgive us our excuses. Forgive us, Lord, where we always put other people and other things in front of you. Lord, forgive us for the times we feebly attempt to straddle the fence trying to serve you and also serve the world at the same time. Your son told us that no one can do that. No one can serve two masters. So, Father, my prayer is for believers that they will ask you to cleanse them, fill them, and use them for your glory. But also, Lord, for an unbeliever to ask for forgiveness of their sins and take that one little step of faith and allow me to share with them what the Word of God says about being saved. Lord, thank you for your love. Thank you for your provision and your protection. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. There's one here that doesn't know you. They don't have a relationship with God because they've never placed their faith in your son, Jesus. Lord, let today be their day. Give them the courage, Lord, to step out of the pew, step into the aisle, step forward, and just allow me to pray with them and show them what your word says. Enough with the buts. Enough with the excuses, Lord. Let them make a decision for you today. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's all say, Bless them.